Welcome back to the Cedar Grove Stories podcast. Today is all about the deep freeze in Texas during the winter of 2021. Paul and Diane Mitchell served the people of Texas through the Ministry of Plumbing for two months. Diane works in physical plant at the university as an administrative assistant, and Paul retired as a plumber. Enjoy this conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, and I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk with Paul and Diane Mitchell on today's program. I am sure you're going to enjoy hearing their story, including stories from their recent trip to Texas to help Austin residents in the aftermath of the deep freeze they experienced back in February. By way of introduction, Paul is a water guy. He worked for 19 years as the supervisor of water systems at Cedarville University. And before coming to Cedarville, he was the owner of PG Mitchell Plumbing back in his home state of Pennsylvania. While Paul was working at Cedarville, he also went back to school and earned his bachelor's degree in 2004 from Cedarville. And today, even though he's retired, he is a self-employed plumber in Cedarville. Diane has worked as an administrative assistant at Cedarville University for nearly 23 years. She currently works in the university's physical plant office. Paul and Diane, welcome to the program. It's great to talk with you today. Thank you. Good to be nice here. Nice to be here. Thank you. It's, it's good to see you. And uh, Paul, um, for your adult life, you have been a plumber. You're, you're a water guy. But your heart's always been bent on ministry. In fact, I think you wanted to be a pastor before the Lord closed that door. And I mean, maybe there's a story there, but how has the Lord used plumbing in your life to minister to people wherever you've lived? Yes, I did want to go into ministry, uh, being raised in a pastor's home and having two uncles that were missionaries in uh, Brazil. It was a um, almost, I would say, a natural thing for me to at least consider it. And um, uh, again, in the circles that I was raised, the fundamentalist circles I was raised, ministry was considered a very high calling, and I just thought that'd be a wonderful thing to do. And so I pursued it through my Bible college days, and um, it wasn't until I got out of Bible college and it became very clear that it was just not something that was going to happen. The Lord made sure it just did not happen, and I got into construction, and um, I really hated it. Really? I hated construction. And it was about a year and a half to two years um, of just really not being happy. And then all of a sudden, I'm sure it was God working in me, and my whole attitude just slowly began to swing. It wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, epiphany or anything like that, but my yeah. attitude began to swing. And it was in the 70s when interest rates were 17%, and yeah. uh, Jimmy Carter was president. I got laid off, and... Uh, I had just begun to be very interested in construction, and I got laid off. And um, we had a we had a, our first child, and I just knew that we were going to lose it. I just you know unemployment was terrible, right. and I just struck out on my own. I one two things I could do very well: hmm. I could hang wallpaper and I could paint, and that is where I started, hanging wallpaper and painting in doctors' homes and attorneys' homes, okay. and the Lord used that and began to work in me the. Uh, gift of service. And I didn't realize that until a num number of years later. I looked back and I thought, wait a minute. I think that's my spiritual gift, the gift of mercy yeah. and of service. Yeah. So how did you get into plumbing? Because you're really, you're really good at plumbing. Another 
epiphany on the job. I was doing so many things in my construction in my construction business. And one day, the Lord just, I'm serious, the Spirit of God just brought to me that little phrase that is so trite, but it hit me. If you're jack of all trades, you're master of none. Mm-hmm. And I came home that night and Diane was baking bread. And I said, you know, honey, I was just thinking today. And I told her that phrase. And I said, you know what? I love plumbing. And I just began to give myself to that. I never apprenticed under anybody. I would not recommend that for anybody, but God took me that route and I developed the ability to ask questions and go to seminars and read and study and do it and make some mistakes and have to go back and change them out. And God developed to the point when 20 years later, I took my exams for my master's plumber's license, master mechanical license in the state of Pennsylvania. And, um, then and all and through this whole thing i was using my gifts and using the abilities and gaining knowledge but the lord was teaching me as well through the church that we were in and the pastor that we had spiritual lessons that were building and fortifying the gifts that he gave me yeah so when i think about all you just said there's no doubt in my mind that our work matters to god in fact, there's a book that I've read before written by Doug Sherman, Your Work Matters to God. It doesn't really matter what your vocation is. Ministry can and does take place. And, and I know you believe that. In fact, I don't know what year you were in chapel, but you were sharing your testimony in front of the Cedarville student body. And actually, you used a, a toolbox um, to communicate that uh, ministry happens in all different kinds, shapes and images and objects and professions. Can you relive that experience with us? Yeah, it was in November of 1996, our first fall here. And uh, somehow I had shared my testimony with Dr. Paul Dixon. And uh, he then, uh, I guess, got the word to somebody. And that fall before Thanksgiving break, they had faculty and staff do a chapel for the students. And I got an email on campus and they said, we want you to share your testimony in in, 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 in staff chapel. And I thought, oh my goodness. And uh, we were just in the new chapel and it was brand new. And they said, just sit here on the front row in the wing off to the side. And after the first song, you just walk across that platform. That was the longest walk I've ever taken. <laughs> they said, just walk across that to, the, to, the, to the, uh, the podium there, introduce yourself and you've got about five to seven minutes. And I remember walking up to them, uh, walking across there and I said, I looked out across the student body and it was just the most incredible sight I'd ever seen. And I said, hello, my name is Paul Mitchell and I'm the new plumber here on campus. And the place just burst out in applause. And I was, <laughs> it just made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. But what I shared was something that our pastor, uh, Ted Tripp, who is a uh, well-known author, mm-hmm. uh, back in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, he was going through the book of Romans and he got to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And for years... I had struggled mm-hmm. with being a plumber, but still wanting to be in ministry. Yeah. I had never let it go. And it was just a source of, uh, I wouldn't say hurt, but just struggle in my own soul. And he got to those verses, uh, I beseech you by the mercies of God, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. And he just went into the whole aspect of, the Apostle Paul is taking Old Testament terminology 
He is applying a literal sacrificial system in a spiritual way to the believer. And your body is a temple. What you do is your work of service is your offering to God. He says, whatever you put your hands to is your offering to God. And he said, if you're a wife, if you're a mother, you're at home. That kitchen sink is the altar over which you work. That laundry is the altar over which you worship God. Caring for those children, changing those diapers, homeschooling those children, uh, making meals for those. You men in the office, uh, you men that are in trades, what are you doing with your hands? You are as God's, as a living sacrifice, you're offering that. And I realized at that point, my tool bag, Mm. my toolbox that was the altar over which I worked and offered myself to God every day as a living sacrifice. You know, I had embraced my work as God's calling to me. I was no longer struggling with that. But then as I began to do that, I began to notice I got into commercial, a lot of commercial work. I began to notice in commercial work, there's an awful lot of waste. Businesses go out. Uh, places, uh, in, especially in malls and so forth, the whole store is torn apart. Everything goes into a dumpster and it goes into a landfill. And I would be going in afterwards and putting in uh, plumbing and air conditioning for a, new, for a new store coming in. And the old stuff was torn away. And I thought, you know, the work that I'm doing, I really enjoy it. I mean, the Lord's given me a gift, I, a tremendous joy in doing it. And yet, my work, within a year or two, if this business, my work could be going into a landfill. And then the challenge came to me, boy, it would be great if the Lord would allow me to take my skills and be involved in a ministry somewhere where spiritual values are being poured into lives, where my work is supporting that kind of a ministry. And all I could think of was the mission field. I never thought about something like Cedarville University. And I thought, you just don't take a family and just uproot them and take them to the mission field. And a lot of what I was doing just is not applicable in third world countries. And I did not know what, and then the, my father sent us a notice that Cedarville was looking for a licensed plumber, water plant operator. And our son was here as a student at the time. And we were loving the place. We were so blessed by Cedarville. And I just thought, no, this is just too good to be true. And only twice in my life has that thought ever crossed my mind. And both times God has said, yes, you're going to be able to do it. And the position opened. We sold rental properties. We sold our farm we had and came to Cedarville. As I think about your life um, that I know of, you know, you, you've been on several uh, missions trips, five missions trips. Um, and uh, it's something that you guys have been able to do together as a couple, which is uh, great. So from your missions trips, including, I'll even throw in Texas, um, what are some life lessons that you've learned from, from these experiences? I think one big one, and I think Diane will probably say yes, is flexibility. Yeah. Flexibility. Is I that am, something you've always had trouble with? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. In fact, uh, several of them, I would tell our class at, at church before we leave, please pray that the Lord will enable me to be flexible. And almost immediately, the first day you get there, you run into a wall, and everything you had planned, your best planning, best based on what you know and what's available and everything else, you run into a wall the first day and you have to flex to get the project done. And some of them were big. And, uh, you know, I just thought, man, be careful what you ask God for because he is going to, and uh, 
but it's it's and the Lord's worked it out and uh, you know but for the first that is hard very hard for me because being a contractor you know you're in, and being self-employed you are uh, for many years before I came here and now back again in retirement I'm back into business uh, it is uh, you're in charge you're in charge you look at the job you figure the job you know what it needs uh, you know what might happen you plan the worst case scenario and everything and then when things go wrong in spite of that it's just like oh no but the Lord has worked that in me and um, I think I'm getting more flexible more soft uh, more pliable in his hands so as the wife of a plumber and you've been on these mission trips what have you been able to take away from those trips that helps you serve others serve Paul serve your family I think I think almost the first thing that comes to my mind is it, it's been a real joy to go and I thank Cedarville and we could talk about it later for providing us a place an opportunity to go and it really opens has opened my eyes to see um, in Jamaica we worked at the deaf village and then over in Africa you don't you can't be there and not be changed in your heart they need the Lord, but they need so many practical things. So it's really been a joy to be out there and see them, be able to help them. And even though Paul's doing the plumbing, sometimes they'll have me doing other things. Sometimes I've done painting. Yeah. But anyway, just to be there. And they appreciate it so much. They do. And you, you started this by talking about, you know, Cedarville and... Um, Cedarville believes very strongly that everyone should be going on a mission trip before they graduate from, from college. And, and they make that opportunity available for faculty and staff too, without really any, without any penalty of losing salary or taking time off. It's, it's part of who we are. It's our culture. It's our fabric. And it makes, um, that's one thing that makes Cedarville a really a special place. Um, now, I've been alluding to the Texas trip uh, probably from the beginning of the, of the podcast. I think we should probably get into that a little bit. But one recent trip that uh, you both made, you, you traveled 1,200 miles roughly from Cedarville to Austin, Texas, where residents were without clean water. They were without electricity because of the freezing weather back in February. Um, what kinds of work were you doing in Austin when you got there, Paul? The interesting thing that I've told several people already is that with a disaster, you generally drive up to an area where there's a disaster and you look and you think, this is horrible. This is such a, quote, disaster. But with this situation, you drive up, the neighborhoods were beautiful. The yards were well kept. The children's toys were out in the yard. There were things around the house that it looked lived in, but the disaster was inside the home because the pipes had burst, because they had no water. Uh, there is no ability to uh, for for hygiene. Uh, there is or or for uh, hydration or for water for cooking for cleaning, and um, so it was a matter of getting into the home, of finding out where's the problem. Sometimes when you walked in the door, it was obvious the ceiling was down, or the or a section of wall had fallen in, um, or the floor was soggy as you walked through. So you began to think, okay, now where is it? And you had to turn on the water. You had to find the leak and then fix it and then turn the water on again, find another leak and then on and off and on and off and on and off until finally the water meter no longer turned. It no longer registered when the water came on and you knew you had that. And then you turned on the hot water side and you began to check, 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 check. 
and then you knew you had a complete system and you could leave the house. Sometimes it was so bad that you only, we were only allowed, we didn't have the time to re totally replumb the whole house and you would just give them a, an outside faucet that would, that would give them chlorinated domestic, you know, dom uh, potable water and they could at least get a bucket of water, flush a the toilet, they could get a pitcher of water and drink, warm it up on the stove in some of those places. Not many, but some places that's how we had to leave them and then just wait because there was a backlog. Plumbers were telling people three to five months before I can get to you. And there were 100 to 200,000 homes without water. And they just, the plumbers, Austin's a big place, a lot of contractors, they couldn't handle the load. And so uh, Al Roker said when he came in on the Today Show, he says, I've seen utilities send uh, bucket trucks down to areas that have no power, but I've never heard of plumbers coming into an area to help people that don't have water. And Water Mission from Greenville, uh, South Carolina, uh, was the one that had the, took the initiative and got a group called Plumbers Without Borders, of which we became a part of, and they just came from all over the nation and volunteered their time. They brought materials with them because they were almost, not, I wouldn't say non-existent, but very short supply in that area. And we, we gave and God provided abundantly here. We took a load of stuff down and what we didn't use, we left it there for the other plumbers that were coming. So I heard, I forgot you were on the, on the Today Show. Um, you're a celebrity now, but um, I, I know you didn't. And that's where I wanna go. Cause I, I heard uh, in an interview that you did with Richard Hunt on K-Love, um, uh, why you went. So why did you go and who did you go through? And how did, how did all the materials that you took from Cedarville to Texas, how did that all come together again it was a matter of one of those god things i was i was not looking i was not looking for something to do i had heard about texas we were thinking of you know donating some money to help down there and my neighbor uh that lives up the road from me his just name is zot he goes by zot z-o-t vietnam vet i think good good brother in the lord and he just one day he just called me up and he says paul what are you doing for texas just i said what do you mean what do you mean he says, well, what are you doing for Texas? He says, they have no water down there. And I've done work in his home. And he said, he says, you're a good plumber. He says, let you and I just get the truck, go down there and help them. And I just thought, you just don't drive across the border and say, hey, here I am, I'm gonna help you. I said, you have to have some organization. And I, I knew of, uh, of Water Mission and that they were going down there. I called them, I got in touch with Plumbers Without Borders. Within five days, within five to six days, God had provided the funds between our church and friends here at the university, uh, dropping off gifts at Diane's office, calling me at the house and coming out, and the church, and then while we were down there, gifts kept coming into the church for us. And they even had to send out emails saying, stop, they've been fully funded. And went to my supply house, car supply and Xenia. I took a big list of materials and we did not know what we were gonna have, whether we were gonna have plastic or copper or pecs and i had to take all three and fittings for all three to texas because i did not know what we were going to face and um the bill that i got back the you see the the bid, the bid that i got back for all those materials my cost as a contractor five thousand dollars they were very gracious and reworked the bill without me asking and the bill was brought down almost half and we went to texas and god provided and we towed a trailer all the way down, 1,200 miles down and back, 
Yeah. And uh, God gave us safety and a very rich time down there. I want to get to Diane in a minute. <laughs> Actually, yeah, in a minute. So of all the supplies, so you, you had a full trailer going down. Did you have an empty trailer coming back? Did you leave the, the supplies that you didn't use there? Everything, everything. There was a, they had, was a big re, uh, relief, uh, Austin uh, Christian Relief Center okay. there. We left everything there. When they came and saw that we were unloading our trailer and getting ready to leave and leaving everything with them, yeah. uh, several came, people came out from that ministry yeah. and just prayed over us and thanked God for us and for safety going home. And it was just, it was a very, it was a good ending to our time down there. And you went with Water Mission, right? Yes. Where are they located? Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. And, and, and I met them in Africa. I met them in Africa when I was with engineering students from Cedarville University. And I didn't give it a thought. I worked with a couple of their engineers there, uh, putting in water purification systems that had been donated by a big corporation in California and shipped over there right after Ebola. And I met them, and I've stayed in touch with the company, with, with the, the ministry ever since. And when I saw that, I thought, wow. And the amazing thing is, they're not a national company. They're international in their ministry. But two of their board members are from Austin, and their parents' or relatives' homes were affected. And they thought, we've got to do something. This is massive. We just can't let it yeah. go. We've got to respond. Yeah, and that example uh, proves that uh, God doesn't waste situations or relationships and he just keeps connecting the dots i'm just amazed how god takes connections and you think it's just something you leave it in the back of your mind and he just res resurrects it again and yeah. brings it alive yeah so diane while paul was working um what were you doing can i back up one minute yeah when he got the call from zot yeah. then he called our son because our son attended cedarville and his wife is a cedarville grad and you can fill in a bit about that, Paul. Yeah, I called, I called my son Joel. He's, okay. a, he's an engineer. Out in Pennsylvania. Yeah, in Pennsylvania. And I called Joel after supper. And I said, uh, Joel, um, uh, I just uh, was talking with Water Mission, and he started laughing hilariously on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I said, what's so funny? He said, Dad, I called them this morning. Wow. And so the Lord had already touched his heart. Yeah. And he wanted to take his 17-year-old son on spring break and go out to Austin for a week. Yeah. So he drove from Pennsylvania, we drove. We, he and I and us, we were the first two to arrive at the site. And then other plumbers came in from Brooklyn and all over the nation to, to, to work. Uh, 20 some the first week, 25 the next week. And, uh, but it was just neat how God had touched his heart. And I think it's just, the example that God has worked in me right. has been worked in him. Right. And his boss was totally in favor of him going and said, sure, take off. Yeah, I think about um, mentoring opportunities, but that's a, that's a great mentoring opportunity that you've had and your son's had just with his son, your grandson. What a great, what a great opportunity. One thing else I wanted to share is Zot was going to go with Paul. So this is men doing plumbing Yeah, work. what happened to Zot? <laughs> well... He had had shoulder surgery, and his wife said, you really can't go and do plumbing in Texas. So then our thought was to find someone else that could help Paul. But uh, the children started saying, you should go, Mom. I said, I'm not a plumber. Then one of our dear friends at work said, you should go. Yeah. And so I looked at Paul. He said, sure. So I asked my boss, and he very graciously let me take the two weeks off. 
and then I got myself ready, and it happened quickly. I think I asked Rod on Wednesday, and we were gone Friday afternoon. That's very quick. Now, he had been preparing his part, so I just had to get myself ready and everything. Right. I really enjoyed, if you want me to continue. Tell me what, tell me what you were doing. Well, I think the, the, I love supporting Paul. Right. You know, the Lord has blessed us with many years of marriage. 53, praise the Lord. Congratulations. <laughs> and um, we work together. We've had rental properties. We always tried to do things together. And so I know I like helping him. And I would um, be an encourager. Right. I would uh, be able to run for supplies. Because you think not run as in my vehicle go, because everything we needed would be in our truck or trailer. Correct. But when the men were working, and many times they were under buildings, so we always made sure somebody was at the entrance to hear them. Now, they would put on hazmat suits. They'd put on yeah. goggles and masks and gloves because and, under those trailers, it was very difficult. And they would go under there, and we would need something so we would run back to the truck or we'd pass the message on right because some one time my grandson was a plumber was in the middle of the beneath the, beneath the trailer my grandson was part way and then we were at the entrance and we would run they needed something we'd pass them back and yeah and and i and that k-love interview I, I remember you saying that you learned some new terminology for some equipment right is yes, that true yes yes and then, and then many times there were there were ladies in the home, and while we were working, Diane would be talking with the ladies and seeking to talk about the Lord and to talk about the family and yeah. to be an encouragement there. Uh, one of the next to the last home that we did was a 94-year-old uh, grandmother living alone in a little home, and we were under there redoing her whole hot water line system under her home, and she was talking with her, she was praying with her. I think the dear Lord, dear, dear lady was a Christian, yeah. and she's written us a thank you note since with very shaky handwriting and right. just saying, God sent you, you've been a blessing to me. And um, Didn't she call you uh, angels? Well, there was another one that did call us angels, and Paul had installed a toilet in her house, and she said, I have to tell you, last night I was praying with my prayer partner, and my prayer partner said, I can see guardian angels right. coming. And I said, we're not angels. Right. I said, but you prayed and God who hears your prayer worked in us and we are here to help you. Yeah. So she just thanked us so much. That's fabulous. It, it, it is. It's, it's great. So um, the time on the podcast is about over, but I have two questions I want to ask, um, ask you. So. Uh, you've experienced a lot in life, a lot of ministry opportunities. Um, as you as you think back of all your experiences, uh, what brings you the greatest joy in terms of your work, your life, and your ministry? Any story, any anything resonate with you that just has special meaning f within you? For me, I think it is the joy of being at Cedarville University and of realizing that the Lord had op was opening up for me here a plumber, you can say a lowly plumber, plumbers are not really highly regarded, but yet our work is very, very necessary. But God opened up an opportunity for me to work with engineering professors who were taking engineering students across to Africa 
They had projects to do. They weren't quite sure what was needed. And I was able to sit and counsel them yeah. with them as to what. And then the time came when one of the professors couldn't go. And they said, Paul, it's your turn. And that's when the trips began to Africa for me. Yeah. And then Diane went with me for two times. Yeah. And it, it, it has brought me great joy and a, a sense of incredible satisfaction to realize that yes, I do have something to offer and I am able to serve the body of Christ. Right. And I have ahead, one I. thought too. With yeah. one of our mission trips, sometimes it was very specialized with the engineering students. So I had more to do with the students, maybe helping with the meals and sometimes projects. But one time I sensed one of our team members was struggling. And I went to Paul and I said, Paul, this young man is struggling. Don't you need to go check something in the pump house? Hmm. And Paul was able to take this young man with him and talk with him. So as a part of the team, sometimes you see something and you can enter in and the Lord uses you as sure. a couple right. to, to meet a need. And, and the Lord is using him on the mission field right now. And, uh, you know, it just really, it, I, 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 really I, I just, I appreciated him. I respected him. I wasn't aware of this. And the Lord used Diane's insight and yeah. just her association with him to just open up a door. And we just had a nice walk on the ocean road along the Atlantic Ocean there on the west coast of Africa and just talked about the Lord and about his heart and just some issues. And the Lord just I think the Lord really blessed, and the rest of the time there was just very positive. Yeah, that was a divine appointment mm -hmm. that you you both stepped into, mm -hmm. and uh, it's made an eternal impact as yeah. a result of that. Uh, and I'm that. thinking too with these families that we didn't know, we just met for a brief moment in time as far as the length, then they were always willing to pray with us. And a lot of times, if it was a single woman, I would say, could we pray with you? And we often hold hands during prayer and we would just pray with them, and you don't know what's gonna come of it. We planted a seed. We told them where we were from and that we were doing it for what. There's another verse that you brought to share. And oh, yeah, from Galatians 6, uh, 10, the Apostle Paul says, so then we have opportunity. Let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. But our goal is to, is, is to, if you have an opportunity to do good, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might is unto the Lord. And uh, that's why it was, when this, when this need came up, I thought it was not a hard thing. We didn't have to struggle within our spirit. Should I go to Texas? I really don't. It was, it was an easy thing. The Lord has blessed us elsewhere. We're going to go. Let's right. go. Let's go. If the Lord opens the door, let's go. Yeah. I, I mentioned at the core of the pod, at the core of the podcast, we state that it's our desire to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. How do you individually, collectively as a couple, think you are honoring God or hope you're honoring God through your life, your ministry? That is our focus. Our focus is not to build our own private kingdom, but build for the kingdom of God in raising our children, seeking to uh, shepherd their hearts for Christ. And when you see them walking in God's ways, you think, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. There were good times, there were bad times, but I don't remember the bad times. I know there probably were, 
but I remember the good times. I remember them growing up, graduating from college, leaving home, and I was sad to see them go because he had given us so many good times together. And that is part of God enabling us to shepherd their hearts. And as we did that, he shepherded our hearts and changed us as well. And so there's been so much, it's been a, it's been a team effort, whether there was even, uh, we were even aware of a team effort. It was a team effort looking back on it as God worked in us, as we worked in them. Yeah, your heart's full, isn't it? Paul and Diane, thanks for uh, sharing your story. I, I know it was brief. We could talk a lot longer because you have a lot of good things to share, but uh, thank you for being transparent and real with, uh, with us today, and I know our audience will, will love it. Thanks for joining me this week on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.